I V M. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and on today's episode, I'm thrilled, really, really thrilled to feature for the very first time Kodak Mahindra Bank. I talk with Deepak Sharma, President and Chief Digital Officer, Kodak Mahindra Bank on digital banking and much more. Right after this short break. And welcome back, Deepak. Welcome to Paisa Paisa. An honor to have Kotak Mahindra Bank with us. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Thanks, Anupam. Thanks for inviting me over to be part of your podcast. Fantastic. You know, you've been in Kotak for a very long period of time. Yes, fifteen odd years. Fifteen now, years. So it's, it's a long time. And you're a career banker. You know, you've uh, done a lot of things in different different places. Absolutely. I mean, I was with Standard Chartered for five years before I started mining at Kotak. But I also did a stint in telecom. So I can't say through and through. <laughs> A banker, but yes, twenty years of my life has been in banking now. So amazing. We had Jaspal Bhindra, I think, a couple of weeks ago. He's now part of Centrum, I believe, yes. and he he was here on the show. But let's come to you, Deepak. Beyond banking, also, you've headed a long list of digital products at Kotak, and very different kind of products which you don't expect to see usually from the banking sector. From eight one one to Cherry, walk us through the various things you did and the consumer learnings that you know you've had in general because you've seen this evolve over a very long period of time. So you can be, yes. Let's start from there. No, I think that's that's a great journey that I had at Kotak because uh, before we started on our digital journey way back in 2013, I was involved in building and running certain businesses in Kotak. Uh, I had set up our Priority Banking, which is what is called Privy League, and then our NRI Banking and Offshore business. So my journey into digital started more from business and consumer lens. So whenever I looked at digital, I was always asking about this one question: What problem are we solving? for consumers and how does it help us build our business i think i was fortunate that in kotak when the journey of digital started we still are nimble and we call ourselves a mid-sized bank so we don't have arrogance or we don't have the bureaucracy of large banks and digital for us became a way to find new avenues of growth so we did a lot of stuff some of them obviously the big ones like 811 or cherry or our mobile app are the standout ones but we also experimented with a lot of things which not necessarily became big mm. in fact way back uh, in 2013 we were globally the first bank to launch banking on twitter wow uh, we had launched even a campaign called hashtag #banking uh, it was a very cool thing but then we realized after that that there were not too many users who were on twitter doing financial service we were also the first one to launch a banking using social media which is what we call jiffy we did something which is non uh, bank account based payments much before upi came in india called kpay Uh, so I think having done a lot of those experiments, one thing we realize is innovation is important, but I think getting scale out of what you do is even more important. And I think that's when we started to decide not to do a lot of things uh, and not copy what others are doing in the market. And I think a lot of our at scale innovation, like uh, we were the first ones to do banking on WhatsApp or probably launch a video based KYC or the whole Aadhaar led account opening. I think many of those innovations helped us leapfrog and. Build digital at scale now at Kotak. Yeah, I mean, what would be the few digital products that you're really proud of? I mean, to me, eight one one comes across as an. Although I don't know whether it's like fully digital because it's essentially a banking account. If you can just talk about some of the stuff that really stands out. So I think Kotak continues to be one of the most successful banking app. We started that ten years back, but uh, we have about five percent of the banking market share through our app. 
even though our deposit share is about 2%. So digital for us was always a way to acquire and engage customers. But due to KYC restrictions, we could not do a full digital experience, as you rightly said. Uh, but then post-DEMON, as the regulation changed, I think thanks to Aadhaar and India Stack, uh, we could onboard customer in less than three minutes and that's how 811 was born. And then I think the second wave of change happened during COVID uh, when regulators allowed the full video KYC as a substitute to your in-person uh, field verification. And post that, actually you have a journey which is fully digital. You don't need to come in the physical world at all uh, right from the time you install an app to set up your account and then start doing transaction. So today I can proudly say that our full experience is digital unless you need a physical debit card or a check book but that's not something you must need to bank but yes there are customers who still prefer that yeah so let's go through the main some of the most common products to see how digital has actually improved things and when you think about that you know when you say the word digital there's just this UPI I think because it, it's been such a big success I think we are in the 6th or 7th year of that it's started in 2016 you know if I remember correctly what's your take on how things stand today as far as the whole digital experience in banking is concerned yeah. and what do you think lies ahead so as I look around both in India and see what we have achieved vis-a-vis the rest of the world, I think we have been in a very, very fortunate uh, place, especially with the kind of development we have seen in the last five, six years. Uh, while I think UPI stands out because it's now the largest digital payment ecosystem anywhere in the world, but I think we must realize that it all started with Aadhaar. Uh, that was, I think, the first of our building blocks, the identity stack. Uh, we could do away with a lot of physical documents, wet signature, uh, verification at source. Payment stack with UPI, of course, and then the Aadhaar-enabled payment system for last mile payment and subsidy. A Bharat bill payment system, which aggregated a lot of billing that we do. And then again, I think a lot of other stack, like a fast tag, which has transformed. Again, it's a bit of a payment for vehicles. Vehicles have their own identity. Or we are seeing now the data stack through account aggregator and open credit network. The GSTN piece, which again has allowed data to be leveraged for access to credit. So I would say everything that we are seeing as a part of our India stack today, uh, it all has some linkage to financial service or bank. And banks like us are taking advantage of saying that if I can find access to data that is available digitally or identity or payment, uh, how can we build a lot more on top of it? So when UPI started, it started more as a person-to-person. It became merchant. Now you can go and even apply for an IPO or an ASBA through UPI or set up subscription. And now you can link even your credit cards, right? Uh, so I think that the, the whole experience and cross-border remittance and light and offline payment and the list goes on and oh, on man. and on. Yeah. So I think what it has done is it has just built the core infrastructure for businesses and financial institutions to innovate on top of it. And I think that's why I keep saying this is such an exciting place to be in because uh, we can imagine and we can build a lot on top of this core infrastructure layer. Yeah. What's going to change with account aggregated that you think, you know, with stuff that's going to be even better for the consumer than where we are today? Oh, I think it's, it's going to be transformational for the very simple reason that I keep saying this. India is one of the few countries which became data rich before citizens became financially rich. World over, I think the Western world always was financially rich and now they were getting data. One of the key challenges that we face in India is that a lot of people still don't have access to credit. Uh, because of the traditional credit underwriting model, the risk and bureau scores, uh, some of those became the starting point for you to get access to credit. 
but how do you get into the credit fold? And I think account aggregator helps every consumer to demonstrate the data of transaction, of their behavior, what they are doing. And that becomes one of the levers on which financial institutions can start underwriting. Uh, it also gives customer greater control of their own financial data. Uh, largely starting with financial, but hopefully the health data, a lot of your other data like taxation data, you can you can literally move your data where you want and find what is the best deal or offer or service you can get. And then this becomes the building block of the data privacy architecture, where you're seeing that consumer is the owner of the data and every institution is the custodian of the data with fiduciary responsibility. Uh, branches. You don't need that. I mean, I don't know when was the last time you <laughs> went to a branch. I keep on going there probably once in three months. Even I don't know how often I go there. But I still see crowds there. Okay, I, yes. At least a part of uh, Bombay where I stay and there's still a lot of people that still use the branch. The branch is still relevant. What's going to happen there? I mean, do you, do you think that we can reduce the crowds even further or branches uh, will always stay or what do you think? I think that's, that's a great question. And this question keeps getting asked year on year. But uh, today, for example, at Kotak, 98% of all our retail transactions are done digitally. But 2% is outside. Okay, But if absolute numbers, if you look at it, transactions are still growing. And that's the reason, like you answered, is there a question of are branches relevant? Branches are still relevant. Uh, because what has happened is we have not added that many branches compared to our growth in customer base. So if I was serving probably three or 4,000 customers per branch, today my operating ratio between a branch to customer is about fifteen to 20,000. Wow. So that means I can grow disproportionately my ability to serve customer without necessarily adding those many branches. But especially for current account customers, business customers, uh, customers where still cash is in circulation and cash is needed, uh, I think for them, branches are still very, very important part of their banking infrastructure. Uh, also, customers who continue to choose a locker or probably customers who are senior citizens, those who are not very, very comfortable to do a lot of things digitally, uh, they choose to come and visit a branch. So the branch density may not grow, but I think branches will continue to stay and find its own relevance. But we'll end up acquiring and serving more and more customers digitally. That's also the reality. I'm just thrilled that, you know, for stuff like changing of ATM pin, you don't have to go to the ATM anymore. I believe that can be done by OTP now. Yes. What but if... why do you need to even go to an ATM? <laughs> <I> would... <laughs> we we yeah, needed that, right? I mean, you, you would get a brand new, you know, credit card, which would be in a nice fancy package and everything. And you open it and then it says, yes. well, for, you know, with, this is your pin, but you now have to to go to the ATM machine and change your PIN, okay? Yes. Or you could do it through, I don't know what. But now for uh, everything, you can come to a mobile app and you can do <laughs> it. You don't need to go anywhere. What about change of address? Uh, please tell me that at least that is not... No, change of address, you can do it on mobile, uh, provided your address is updated in Aadhaar. Uh, huh, whatever, I mean, yeah. as, as long Absolutely. as I'm linked to Aadhaar, that can As be long done, as right? it's linked to Aadhaar, you can do it. Yeah, well, that used to be painful here, going yes. to the bank for change of address <laughs> and then and then being asked, by the way, huh, for rent agreement, this agreement, that agreement, by, please, I hope that is now... That's why I said the Indian stack has made... <laughs> made the whole banking experience very seamless. So if you are updated on Aadhaar, if your PAN and Aadhaar is linked, if you are one of those customers who is digitally traceable, yeah. then I don't think you have any challenge yeah. across financial system. Now, let's get to the slightly darker side, I would say, of digital, you know, of this entire linking up stuff. You know that people will obviously abuse the system also with cyber fraud. And they've gone up, they've gone up to an extent where I believe the police authorities are into it. They have a separate wing. The RBI has become very vigilant. And yet, every morning, I will get that SMS in my inbox saying that your bank account is going to be frozen. Click and people fall for it. Okay, I'm yes. not blaming the people, but people 
popular people you can't you know what you know what is your message to our listeners out here how can they be more careful you know and something that they can probably tell their parents their domestic help because there are parts which are more vulnerable to this we call it jamtara you call it whatever yeah. but these we know one thing scams won't stop they are going to go True. on and there people will use a digital way all of us you know we know how smart indians are what's your message to our listeners on this no, you are absolutely right it's like uh, you keep saying that smoking is injurious to health and people smoke or you say keep your house locked and you leave it open or don't cross the railway track and still people cross the track so i think there is no end to human stupidity but despite i think we keep making a lot of effort i think rbi is spending a lot of effort i think they they running dedicated campaigns with amitabh bachchan saying it yeah, and you know yeah. i think there is to that extent uh, the awareness about what not to do is there but it does happen that people fall prey to it because some of the fraudsters the way they approach you Uh, some of the smartest people i have seen falling prey to it is it because wow. and then they say oh how can i do this this is not something and then you you're surprised that you know how can somebody who as learned and educated can fall fraud and and i've seen like somebody says oh your 5000 reward points are just going to get expired click it or you will buy one meal and you'll get a second meal free and people for one meal of 200 bucks they go and just give all their details uh, so kyc is just one of those but i think there are many ways in which people fall prey to this the question and and i think the fraudsters have become far more sophisticated for example very recently in last few days i have come across some of the large banks uh, customers got defrauded where they just send a link which opens up a web page and it copies everything that your phone has through a small a small component that gets induced on your phone and parallelly the fraudsters do a parallel transaction on another screen uh, so i think while we are all trying to make the whole app and digital experience more and more secure we uh, be it a second factor third factor device binding but at the same time it's like if somebody says give me your otp and cvv pin and you end up giving it i mean that's unfortunate but unf- uh, that's the reality that lot of customers do fall prey to it so all i can say through the medium of your podcast is you should be extremely extremely careful your plastic and your phone is your money yeah so, and and i think just like the way you preserved your cash i think these are now your digital assets which has a financial you know all your securities and data lying on it treated very very carefully yeah a lot of them they just go and install malicious apps a lot of apps today are reading your credentials they ask you for permission to read all other apps on the phone and people just go and give all the consents uh, a lot of gaming apps just because you get a 10 rupee and 20 rupee of cashbacks and and some points to redeem and play the game they just give consents now so fraud is not getting perpetrated only through some of these uh the calls and the links that comes but there are many ways and i think they're just trying to hit consumers to say i'll try in 10 different ways you will fall for one yeah so and, and sorry i i want to just go through a laundry list out here okay first of all do bank accounts get frozen as they say frozen kuch hota hai aise cheez yes it does happen if you don't transact for a long period of time but you get warning for that yeah, yeah you do get and you and nobody tells you to click on any link and do anything stupid rather banks always keep telling you that never click on any link yeah. but despite that people do click on links okay so first folks do not click on any random links i think you should you know if you have even 1% doubt just contact your bank is that you know absolutely that, that, that's good absolutely okay. number 2 i like that the rbi campaign talks about how upi is made for payments not receipts right can you just talk a little bit about that of how you know we can be more careful when it comes to upi because that seems to be a favorite mode of all these scammers 
Yeah, I think there are two or three things that is, I mean, while there is, again, NPCI has been running a lot of campaign along with banks. But one of the things is uh, anyone who's sending you a collect pay request, I think that's that's something which even though limits of those transactions have been reduced dramatically, but I think that's one thing one should be very wary of. Uh, anyone who's sending you, and at times they create a handle which looks like it's a genuine one. Some of them choose to create a handle of uh, very well-known people or good reputed institution, and you end up thinking, oh, this request has come from someone that is known. A, I think collect pay, I would say one should definitely avoid. Second is any payment that you are not personally involved in doing. Uh, one should be wary of. So either it's an in-person payment, I'm making at a store, great. I'm making at a merchant site, which is an online one. But if somebody says, okay, I'm just sending you a link and accept it and pay, the typical fraud in India that is happening in a big time is OLX frauds, for example. Uh, you list for a product on OLX and the first 20 buyers who will reach you are all fraudsters. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And and they will, they will all say, uh, give you whatever price you have asked for. Huh. And they'll say, okay, I'm going to make you a payment online. Uh, and just to make you payment, I need certain detail of yours. And and people get so excited that, oh, I'm getting the price, price of a I product wanted, that yeah. I wanted to sell. Yeah. That they don't even question that without negotiation, how somebody ready to buy for the price. And and I think if you start, and this is where it's important for people who are coming in, in into the payment fold, uh, is to realize that, uh, look at credentials, authenticity, link collect payment uh, request all those things i think it's extremely extremely tricky otherwise yeah i mean i don't understand one thing people say that india is supposedly a low trust society yeah, but we seem to be trusting anything that comes to us that offers us some money weird stuff what is collect pay i haven't i'm sorry i mean you know i don't know what it is actually so collect pay is typically where i can request you for money okay or uh, i can send you my qr code and ask you to just uh, upload that qr code from your gallery and and make a payment. So uh, typically you pay me, but what if I ask you to return? Uh, so so then I will send uh, you a request for a collect pay. So folks, please be careful. I mean, your first hit on OLX gets you. That's funny. That's actually funny. Yeah, I mean, you check Google it out. You will know the kind of frauds that's happening there. So There, there you go, Google it out. Who, who falls for that OLX? And, and, and not just this. I mean, for example, I know frauds where somebody made a booking for with the Blue Dart or somebody wanted to uh, refund uh, return a product on an e-commerce site or someone just called to redeem their reward points and they will all send you a, a link to say, okay, just click on this and then either we'll ship your product or we will pick up your product. And every time you do that, there is yeah. an underlying either you're compromising on your credentials or you will end up authorizing a payment without knowing that actually you authorized a payment. And, and there's a news headline every day and all kinds of people, celebs and this and, you know, all sections of society are stuck. So folks, please be careful when you're accepting any such links. Always reach out to your bank and if it looks suspicious, feels suspicious, sounds suspicious, it probably is suspicious. So please be careful when you're doing any of these transactions online. So we're going to take a small break out here. When we come back, we're going to talk about specific banking products like credit cards, loans, etc., etc. with our guest, Deepak Sharma, President and Chief Digital Officer, Kotak Mahindra Bank. And welcome back. What's your view on credit cards and changing customer 
behavior out there because credit cards have become much more accessible now you know as compared to say 20 years ago when they were still a slightly more exclusive product meant for a certain um class of people or income what do you see out here and here i'm talking in general not just yeah. digital but credit cards in general you know um a lot of people are getting it some are using it some are abusing it etc etc what do you think so i think credit card is a form of a ready credit i mean while card is a form factor but i would say credit is a need and a lot of us use credit for convenience uh, a lot of us use it for rewards and cashbacks and or probably the other perks that comes with it be it a lounge access or uh, some of the premium offerings that depending on the card you have uh, that you may get from your card issuer uh, so credit card has different purposes while obviously a lot of people really use it for credit that is a uh, revolver on and paying an emis and and use but credit card does come with a high rate of interest so to that extent uh, there are set of people who just use credit card for uh, the positives of convenience and and rewards and and other privileges and benefits coming out of it but i think one of the interesting things we are seeing in credit card now is the form factor of credit is shifting uh, because there are many ways in which you can avail credit so earlier you got a card and then decided where you want to tap or transact yeah. on your credit as an instrument but credit as an instrument is now available either through a buy now pay later or easy emis or checkout financing through consumer durable finance and all that right so so i think access to credit has widened and that's precisely what you were just uh, pointing to and i think as more and more consumers get credit and those who demonstrate good paying behavior and a good payment track record i think they are also getting a longer term credit or higher credit amount which is available to them and that is also fueling the consumption economy uh, because you you walk in into a retail store say a chroma or a vijay sales and moment somebody says that oh instead of a 55 inch why don't you take a 65 inch tv anyway you have to pay it over 3 months 3 or 6 emi mm-hmm. you tend to upgrade or so i think one of the things we are seeing in india like the western world is it is also fueling the consumption class because you have access to credit and thereby uh, you can make those high value purchases or things that you would have deferred in the traditional case and with now rupee getting linked on the upi the credit card i think we are going to see a, a further expansion of credit uh, even for a lot of small value transaction earlier credit ticket size was slightly more higher value and and debit and and cash was for small value transaction uh, but as it gets connected onto the credit railroad upi uh, people will start making even all their small purchases which gets added to their credit account Yeah. So let's take a step back and you spoke about how credit is actually a form factor. Let's talk about sorry, credit cards are a form factor for credit in general. So let's talk about loans. Okay, here I'm talking only of retail loans. Very big segment for banks. How has that experience changed for customers over the past? And how do banks differentiate themselves on retail loans? It could be home loan, education loan, consumer finance, yeah. whatever. Is it really all about speed now? Because you keep on hearing this: get a loan in like three seconds, ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Or is it about something more? No, I think you are you are right, but I would say not. Uh, so there are two type of loan I I've seen. One is what is a considered purchase or a considered loan. There I have time and I want a best deal and I'm ready to look around and see what works best. That typically applies, especially when you're taking a home loan. 
because you don't buy home every day home is a considered purchase and there is a certain behavior in there time is not as important because it's not that i bought a i saw a house and i want to buy it tomorrow right so so there i think uh, rate and the reputation of a brand that you are uh, taking loan from because mortgage is again a long term commitment and relationship uh, so i think set of criteria that goes in play uh, for some of those uh, high value long term loan is very different personal loans are largely if people are looking at it the last minute uh, if there is a need for any crisis and there uh, one is not necessarily as sensitive to rate but the time that it takes for me to get the loan becomes extremely important criteria at times uh, so if somebody tells me that i'll get you 1% less but i'll take 2 weeks more uh, i'm okay if somebody can give me right now and and i think that's why banks uh, do a lot better job there because uh, banks understand and know their customers a lot better uh, a lot of customers are pre approved for a loan that means uh, you can instantly click and the money can be in your account in in few minutes uh, so i think there uh, there's constant battle between rate versus time a lot of customers who have less time they don't care for rate and, and if you have a lot of time you may still uh, look at a rate and then comes the last category of loan which is typically the consumption led loan uh, these are the loans which are normally uh, offered at the point of purchase so like we spoke about consumer durable finance or a vehicle finance you go to a car dealer and from car dealer you decide okay this is the car i want and this is the f- amount i can afford and or probably you go to electronics or a retail store and there you decide which is the best financing option for me so i think depending on the product depending on the point of purchase and the duration and the time sensitiveness and whether uh, these are considered purchase or consumption led the loan changes so even though retail loan is seen as one but within retail loan again there are four or five key tenants which drives the consumer behavior and thereby speed versus the rate okay i want to move to one product which you know banks get a lot of grief for okay which is investments because we know that a lot of people creep about how you enter into a bank or 10 log aap pe aa jate hain ye ulip wo savings plan ye policy wo policy <laughs> i find it ironic because banks literally know your income and expense if there's anybody who knows your patterns on both the sides of the balance sheet they are banks and yet when it comes to advice on investments and recommendations and mutual funds there's all sorts of stuff that's happening out there i'm not, i'm i'm talking about the sector as a whole yeah. i'm going by i believe even if you look at the nature of complaints that the ombudsman gets at the rbi there's always this thing going on what do you think can be changed out there you know can so can banks be trusted with giving me a product that's actually relevant to my needs no i think great question and uh, that's the need of an r if uh, not done obviously customers will find other avenues of how they want to meet their goals at kotak we took a bold call just like what we did with 811 was more on uh, serving the mass and millennial we do, did a something similar for investments because uh, we do realize that there is a need uh, for us to offer something which is impartial which is aligned to customers interest and something which is not linked only to your banking relationship with us and that's why we built something which is very unique and proud of having done that from one of the banks called cherry uh cherry is a platform which is completely neutral and independent you can buy a product of your choice 
all by yourself obviously there are set of recommendations but it's not selling to you you are deciding and you are buying it so be it bonds be it mutual fund direct equity sip baskets stock baskets national pension scheme so whatever you want to look from a long term short term medium term it still does not offer you an insurance product Uh, but it offers you all the investment products all at one place and you can link any of your bank account not necessarily only kotak uh, so i think to that extent it's also unbiased that it's not trying to only go and offer this to customers who only bank with us and somewhere i think something like this coming out from banks definitely brings in a very different positioning in the mind of consumer that we are aligned with the interest of consumer and we are not just in the business of manufacturing and selling those products and i think that's how the open financial ecosystems and our recommendation engine and all that works as we offer that and and cherry is getting more deeply integrated with what we offer in the bank so each customer then has a similar choice of building their mid term or a long term financial portfolios and goals and see how they are achieving those how old is cherry and you know what are your we plans just, we just we just started it about 6 uh, 8 months back and uh, cherry as a standalone app is ready uh, anyone can download and and link their bank account and do that and cherry also is becoming part of our core banking app so if you are a very investment heavy customer then you will be able to experience everything that cherry has to offer which also includes your webcast and podcast with all the fund managers sure. uh, it tells you a lot about uh, a lot of content so typically you'll also see a lot of uh, banking interface or largely product selling led or uh, not helping you decide correct and i think we change the whole positioning to say how can you read and then you can find enough content interact before you even take a decision of where to invest sure um you spoke about how if banks don't give you investment advice customers will find try and find it somewhere else and that's we've seen how in the last you know i would say 6 7 years the entire fintech startup space has boomed and all all across basically investment loan spending saving everything so are you working with that ecosystem you know because banks have typically been seen to say okay our focus is different and these nimble and very aggressive startups on in the fintech side have kind of made a reasonably large impact now for some of them to become very large consumer names also how are you guys dealing with this you know with the fintech ecosystem are you partnering with it adapting with it competing with it so we are creating our own fintech ecosystem cherry is a fintech funded by the bank in the bank 811 is again a fintech which runs as a bank in the bank our whole idea is that create challenging business model within the bank to compete with the main bank and i think we we allow that to happen because that makes both part of it the challenger and the incumbent both raise their part so while we do uh, collaborate with fintech but i think wherever we feel we can build and compete and scale up ourselves uh, being as i said we are a nimble bank uh, we are young at heart and we feel that a lot of these things we can build ourselves it just needs that courage and confidence to say uh, we are not here to defend only what we have but if consumer preferences are changing if the market landscape is changing then rather than aligning with those go back and build it and offer it to our customer a better and a wider choice and i think that's what we have been doing through all these initiatives uh, very interesting so last question um, deepak what's new at kotak and what can we expect going for any future plans anything exciting to share with the customers uh, 
our listeners. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm great if every listener of yours <laughs> also becomes a Kodak customer. Yeah, so so okay. thanks for endorsing it yeah. unintentionally. I know. Uh, but yes, I think we'll continue to uh, bring uh, new channels and experiences for our customer. Our our focus is largely to create new products and experiences through digital channel. As I mentioned, we continue to find avenues of growth more digitally at Kotak. So, creating more and more platforms like what Eight One One and Cherry has done. Uh, in next few quarters, you can expect some more new products and platforms that will be out in the market. Uh, we are leveraging pretty much our mobile, WhatsApp, uh, our web interfaces to redesign how the future of banking should be, uh, which is more open, more participative. and uh, gives customer a wider choice to decide how he or she would like to manage their financial relationship with us and uh, we'll continue to while support through the physical network and infrastructure but you will see a lot more of that through digital yeah we look forward to that deepak my last question to all our guest standard anything that you're reading watching seeing any recommendations for our listeners could be books could be anything uh, i love books <laughs> nice nice <laughs> and i think that's that's something which uh, so one of the recent ones that i went back and read and i think that's interesting especially since it's a financial podcast is the psychology of money yeah. uh, i would strongly recommend if uh, anyone is interested more about it uh, obviously there is a lot of other book which is for general reading with the world is flat homo sapiens yeah. i think i think the kind of books uh, that you gets you to think beyond what we all do at work but yes i think the psychology of money i would say uh, one should really get their hands on easy to read you can finish it faster maybe over a weekend yeah and morgan housel of course who wrote psychology of money was on the paisa paisa podcast back in 2019 archive access to paisa paisa is limited to 15 episodes for our listeners but club paisa paisa members have unrestricted access to all episodes and that is a wrap on this episode of paisa paisa my guest deepak sharma president and chief digital officer kodak mahindra bank deepak thank you so much for doing this for listeners it was a pleasure being on your podcast fantastic and listeners if you like this podcast please do become a club paisa paisa subscriber you get full archive access early access to episodes ad free experience and bonus content like my takes on each and every episode rupees 699 a year introductory offer and you can check out other interesting podcasts on the ivm network you can listen to us on the ivm podcast app or ivmpodcast.com you can also follow us on our social media we are ivm podcast on twitter and instagram and if you want to reach out to me folks i'm your sanvam gupta p50 on twitter thank you so much for listening to paisa paisa No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.